There are many ways people listen to Vision, including DAB Plus Digital Radio. If you're in Greater Sydney, Melbourne or Brisbane and have a digital radio receiver in your car or home, you'll find Vision Christian Radio on the station list. If you're visiting one of these cities and hiring a car, there's a good chance it will have a DAB receiver and you'll be able to enjoy vision with exceptional sound quality while you drive around. If you don't already own a DAB receiver, you'll find many models, including clock radios at electronic retailers for under $100. To find out more about vision on digital radio and whether you're within the broadcast footprint, see vision.org.au slash DAB. However, and wherever you listen to Vision, you can be sure that the announcers, programs and music will help you look to God daily. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Stay with us for a very special Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Yusuf. Recently, Dr. Yusuf stepped into the TV studio and took a few minutes to talk about the passion behind his new book, Saving Christianity. You'll be challenged by his words and his heart for the church and you. Let's listen now to Dr. Michael Yusuf regarding saving Christianity. Truth versus partial truth. I think it is more important how we feel about God and our personal experiences than exactly what the Bible says. I think it is closed-minded to believe that there is only one way to God. My church believes that we should love people instead of offending them with difficult parts of the Bible. What causes that defection from the faith? What causes giving in to this false teaching? Some think they're trying to save Christianity. So many preachers and so many theologians are teaching falsehood under the guise of truth. And now, Saving Christianity, featuring the president of Leading the Way, Dr. Michael Youssef. Welcome to this special edition of Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. We are going to address that falsehood today. You know, I've heard you say, living as a Christian, living faithful to the Bible and everything that's in it, is what brings you peace and energy from one day to the next. It's what allows you to handle the obstacles in life. So why would these pastors and and preachers want to change that for people? Why would they want to rob people of that? That's right. They're robbing the church of its treasure, priceless treasure. We have only... See, it's not Christianity, and I I don't talk about it in the sense of religion, because it's not a religion. Uh, Christianity is a commitment to come to the only way to heaven and to God the Father, and that's Jesus Christ. Christianity is Jesus. You take Jesus out of Christianity, and it's really... You pull the heart out of a body, and it's dead corpse institutions, religions, denominations, all of that. Be a dead corpse without Jesus. And so it doesn't matter whether you belong to a church or denomination or not. What you need to belong is to Jesus because he's the one who's going to save you. And so it's not only Christians are going to go to heaven. It's only those who have washed their sins under the blood of Jesus Christ. That's the language the Bible uses. It means that your blood was shed on the cross. Jesus is what saved me. Thank you. I receive it. I accept it. It's a payment for me. And that moment, God says, okay, I forgive you. And here's the good news about you were saying earlier about, you know, walking with God, obeying the scripture. I can tell you, without the power of the Holy Spirit that God gives us to dwell on us, that's the spirit of God himself comes and dwells on the inside of us. 
without the power of the Holy Spirit enabling us, strengthening us day by day to live for Him, we can't do it. We can't do it. Even if you're a person who is born-again Christian, which is another term meaning came to Christ, received salvation, and then you kind of regenerated from the inside. The rest of your Christian life cannot be lived when you're saying, I've got to do better, I'm going to improve, I've got to... No, 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 no. You come every morning, every morning, which I do on a daily basis, and said, I'm an empty vessel. Without your strength, today, I will fail miserably. And the Holy Spirit says, I heard this, I'm going to come and strengthen you. Mm -hmm. And so we cannot live for Christ, even for Christian believers, without the power of God's Spirit in us, giving us the strength, giving us the power, giving us the wisdom, uh, giving us the discernment to know what is deceptive but what is true. And that comes from intimately knowing God's Word. And as I often said to pastors, I was a pastor and I was running haggard from early morning to night, and my life was shambles, my spiritual life. So I wasn't doing any of the big sins, but I just, and, and then finally, after two and a half years of that, kind of, I went flat on my back. I couldn't move for two weeks. Literally. Literally. I couldn't get out of bed, literally, to, to, to just, uh, and, and a doctor friend of mine wanted to put me in hospital. But the great thing that happened is, uh, this was 1990, God said, now I got your attention. You cannot minister without me and my strength, but I can minister without you. (laughs) And I remember, I will never forget to the day I die, I just sat there in bed and sobbed and sobbed and sobbed on the conviction Here am I running from early hours in the morning to late at night helping people. I wasn't doing anything bad, but I was helping people. But I have forgotten that I cannot help people without God working in me and through me to help people. And so when God brought me under that conviction, from that time on, and it's been over 30 plus years now, I don't give morning appointments. Breakfast appointments is a no-no for me. I just don't do it. Uh, Because the first fruit of the day belongs to the Lord. And spending time in His Word, spending time in prayer, is like a friend of mine who went to be with the Lord many, many years ago as a godly saint. And uh, somebody asked him, "What do you do? How, what do you say praying for two hours?" He very simply said, "I don't do all the talking." <laughs> and that is true. When you are with the Word of God open and in intimacy with God, and 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 you're listening as speaking, and you're talking and listening, and you're talking and you're listening and you're discerning. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. He goes back and forth between us and the Father. Go back and forth. He takes our praise to heaven, brings us answers. And so that is a must. Once you depart from that, you're going to say, now how I'm going to be successful, how I'm going to do this, and how I'm going to, and then all of a sudden, it's you. And it may take, out of mercy, God might let you do this for a few years, but the house of card will collapse eventually. And so it is my desperation in, in my desperate need to ask people to, to, to wake up in time. Um, I have uh, allowed 
uh, God to use me, radio, television, wherever it may be, all over the world. And, 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 and I have only one message. It's very boring, but it's only one message. It's not your best life is now, or you can do it, or if you have good thoughts, good things happen to you. That is falsehood. But saying God can use you if you submit to him. Paul said, his strength in my weakness becomes perfect. Address these topics quickly. And then I want to make sure that we have time to tell Christians, Bible-believing Christians, how they can really shore up their faith. But you talk about the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. There are some people who say, really? Come on. Such a thing as the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. the devil, heaven, hell, the resurrection, the virgin birth. These are all real tenets Mm -hmm. of a Bible-believing traditional faith, but there are a lot of people who identify themselves as Christians who just don't believe in those things, Michael. Well, how can you call yourself a Christian (laughs) if you don't believe what Christ said? How can you call yourself a Christian? I mean, that is a misnomer. You might go to church, but that doesn't make you a Christian. You might belong to a denomination, but that doesn't make you a Christian. The true Christian And again, I use the word very, very carefully. The true Christian is the person who says, Christ is my only Savior and Lord. And what he said, I will do. Period. That's it. All the other stuff is false. Basically falsehood, deception. You put your finger on it. This is it. So why is this deception taking off now? Well, you know, the Bible talks about the great apostasy that uh, closer to the nearness of Christ and I'm not an end-time preacher, but I sense, at least in my spirit, that we're getting closer to the time of the return of Christ. And even Jesus asked in the Gospel of Luke, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on the earth? And so this so-called great apostasy, the departure from the truth, is taking place. Uh, There was a time in the 50s where... You know, everybody loves Ike, and uh, everybody goes to church, and everybody nice, and all that. And But the time now is where I call the boat is leaving the pier. And if you have one foot in each place, you're going to be in a world of hurt, <laughs> because the boat is leaving. And God is separating the sheep from the goats, and we're seeing it right now. And those who, like we saw in the first, in the opening of this yes. program— Oh, God is loving everybody. My church says it doesn't matter what you do. Well, that's falsehood. That is absolute falsehood. That's satanic. That falsehood comes from based Satan. on the Bible being truth. So this is false. A lie. The polar yeah, opposite of lie, what the Bible says. There's a lie truth. <laughs> right. And that's a lie. When Satan came to Eve and says, well, you know, God is really loving. He's not going to do this to you. He lied to her. And she bought into it. But he told her a partial lie. It's exactly right. It's always a nugget of truth wrapped in a whole lot of lies. But then you kind of say, well, is this really truth? No. Truth is the truth is the truth. And if it's not in God's word, it's not the truth. If it's opposite to what God says in his word, it is a lie. So for people who say not all of God's word is relevant anymore, what do you say to them? Well, uh, who made you and gave you the authority to decide what is relevant and what is not. N.T. Wright, a great theologian, and I don't normally mention names, but he is very um, popular among young pastors. And he says, we have to decide when Paul speaks as a rabbi, as a Jewish rabbi, and when he speaks as the Apostle Paul. 
Okay, who's going to decide that? You? Who's going to make that decision? I like this, but I don't like this. And I accept this, but I don't accept that. Okay, fine. <laughs> you, you sat as a judge. You are judging the Word of God instead of the Word of God judging you. And that's arrogance. That's pride. And pride is always at the very core of everything that's going on, the falsehoods that are going on in churches today. Pride looks right there. Speak to people who are not Christians, Michael, Mm -hmm. people who don't really understand a great deal about who Jesus is, the the Bible, it's pretty impressive. When we look for truth, what's true and what's fact, true facts normally will survive in perpetuity. The Bible has been in existence for more than 2,000 years. Count the Old Testament, way more than that. I'm sure that gives it some um, foundational truth right there, Mm -hmm. the fact that it survived. But what do you say to people who are non-believers, who are listening to this conversation, and they want to discern what truth really is, and whether or not Christianity is true for them. Sure. Well, you know, truthfully, God knows my heart of what I'm saying. I love non-believers, and I have a a sweet neighbor. She was in the media, and and this her idea of the Christian right, and uh, they arrogant, they unforgiving, and she had all this. And I gave her a book to read, and she started the first page by saying, I said in the particular book, I write from as a Christian poet, so she put it down. And then I ran into her, and we started talking, and she said, uh, she said, well, you know, I said, do you know what Christianity is? Well, you know, those Christian right people, the, those people who hate homosexuals, and they hate this, and they hate that. I just said, I will take a moment, and, and I opened the scripture. And I showed her what Jesus said, love your enemy, pray for those who persecute you. And I'm sure she said, really, this is Christianity. Why didn't I know? See, a lot of people have been giving false information and they run with it. So I plead with them. If you do not know Jesus, the loving heart of God that he manifested in Jesus Christ, read what Jesus said, not what people said about Jesus. Don't even listen to what I say. Go to the word of God. Start reading in the gospel of John. And see how God revealed himself in Jesus and the heart of Jesus. And then he said, for God so, there is so much you can't describe it, so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him, whosoever, and you may be one of those whomsoever, believe in him will have everlasting life. And so God loves you and he wants you to come and believe in him and enjoy him forever. And so Don't listen to what people say because you're going to have a lot of noise. But listen to what God said. And historically, I've heard you say before, and you've cited instances, that Christianity is really, even just culturally speaking, Christianity has changed the world for the better. Oh, gosh, yes. I mean, you look at at the hospital movement, the library movement, and I can prove it historically. All of that started with the gospel, started with the preaching of the gospel. The Salvation Army started. William Booth went out of love and care for the homeless and the drunkards in, in the streets of London. He will pick them up and, and take care. That's how so many of these ministries. Now, unfortunately, there are some 
who <laughs> ignore the foundation and they just stay with the building. But without the foundation, the building can't stand. But all of that, education, first women, schools in the third world, whether it be in India or my hometown, the country of Egypt or anywhere in the Middle East or the world, Africa, the education of women started by women missionaries who believed the women need to be educated in order to read the Bible and, and know Christ. So everything that is good that we see around, if you're honest, if you want to be honest, you go back and you find out how it started. You're going to find it started by Christian believers who were impacted by Christ and therefore touched the world for Christ. So a lot of people who say that Christianity is anti-women... Oh, You're saying grief. just the opposite. Oh, my goodness gracious. Jesus is the greatest liberator of women that there is. He, and, and again, you read his word. He did so many things that the religious leaders of his day would absolutely have frowned upon. He was talking to a Samaritan woman. A woman to talk to, a, even a Jewish woman. But he was talking to a Samaritan woman. Even his disciples were shocked. Why? He was lifting up women from the oppression of the spirit of religion, which is man-made and modified the original of revelation of God in the Old Testament. They modified it. They added to it. They, they, they made 600 different rules plus. So Jesus is the one who uplifted women. And that is why these women believers went all over the world helping other women to come to know Jesus Christ, were educated, health care, and all of that was provided. Now, people can deny all they want. I mean, I can put my hand on, on my face and say, well, I can't see anything. Well, remove your hand, and you'll be able to see. So discover for yourself. Don't just take what culture is saying right now. Absolutely. Discover for yourself what the Bible really says, what Christianity really means, and that everyone is welcome to come to the cross. There's no doubt in my mind that the, even though that so many in the church are departing from the truth, there are people, and, and we know from our listeners and viewers, particularly in North Africa and in the Middle East, these people, when they realize Jesus is so loving, their religion says you can't ask questions. We say ask all the questions you want. And they, they, all of a sudden they said, I am so glad to discover Christ. Their life is in danger. They could be tortured. They could be suffering for Christ, but they do it with joy and happiness. Why? They discovered the truth, the truth, not what somebody says about the truth, not even what I'm saying. It's what you can read in the Word of God itself. And we can read much more about this in your newest book, Saving Christianity. That question mark is very important. Vitally important because the sad thing for me and the sad thing for many of my friends, I've talked to many of uh, theologians and we talk about these things all the time. The saddest thing is they think they're rescuing Christianity (laughs) and they are the ones who need to be rescued by Christ. And it is arrogance, it's falsehood of saying, I can save Christianity if I change it. And we've seen that in the Bishop of New Jersey, retired Bishop, Episcopal Bishop Spong, who said, I am really trying to save Christianity. So he denied the virgin birth, the resurrection of Jesus, the atonement of the cross. So deny the core of the, because he's saving it. He's not saving, he's saving a shell that is not Christianity at all. 
And so all of these people, when they get into this modifying, watering down, changing the gospel thing, oh, I'm going to save Christianity. What arrogance, what pride that is, <laughs> is so illegitimate to say that anyone, even a group of people or a denomination can save Christianity. Christianity is Christ, and Christ does not need to be saved. This book, you have said, is probably your most important book. You've written more than 40. This is your most important book. Absolutely. It's for Christians. It's for non-Christians. Who is this book for? It's for everybody. Because, and I tell people that if I go to glory today, I am happy I wrote it because that's my legacy. And it's a, a very stern warning. Stern warning to pastors who have departed from the truth. Stern warning to people in the pews who been fed all kinds of junk and, and they're not concerned about it, not worried about it, uh, because I think the best thing a person who's sitting in a pew where the gospel is not being preached is to run, run out of that church, because eventually you're going to be accountable. And we say, well, my pastor never told me this. No, 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 no. You're going to say, but why didn't you do something about it? And so it is for everyone. It's for the laymen and the laywomen. It's for the preachers. It's for non-believers. This is the truth. Please think again about what you're doing and where you're heading and how misleading you are to other people. And I pray to God that God would use that simple book to literally awaken the church, awaken the believers who are sitting in the pews, awaken even the professing Christians that they'll come back and truly come to Christ and repent and believe in Him, and walk with Him so that He can use them to change the world. And for people who are a little bit nervous about this conversation that we've had, Michael, Mm -hmm. what do you say to them? How do they shore up what they really believe in? How do they find real truth? Well, number one, get the book, because (laughs) the book is going to take you to Jesus. The book is going to take you to the Word of God. If any book, including my books, kind of be replacement to God's Word or changing it just for your own edification even. No. If it's any book that doesn't take you to God's Word and leads you there, it's not helpful. My books are always have a sign, and the sign says, go to Jesus. Go to the Word of God. And that's what the book will do. It will open your eyes and realize that if you are already down that road, that you it's never too late to make a U-turn and come back. And if you haven't gone down that road, this is a, an opportunity to say, okay, Lord, open my spiritual eyes so I recognize that I desperately need you. What you've heard today is just scratching the surface of what can be found in Dr. Yusuf's brand new book, Saving Christianity. This program is furnished by Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Yusuf passionately proclaiming uncompromising truth around the world. Connect through YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and all of the social media platforms. Learn more at ltw.org. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.